Hello, this is Kim Darwin and Julia from Harding Middle School. We are here with Bode String Shop talking about how math is used in businesses. Mr. Chris, can you describe your business and what your role is? Yeah, so I'm the owner of the shop. Um, it's basically like a violin, viola, cello based string shop. Uh, so I'm the owner. I don't have any employees right now, just me. Uh, so what I do is I, I rent out instruments to students. I sell them to people. Um, I fix them up, repair the instruments. And uh, yeah, and then, you know, I just kind of help out people too. Like if, if people need help putting strings on instruments or like they just need like a little adjustment or something, or just even help like tuning the instruments, they'll come in. And, yeah. Yeah, so I just help everybody out with all that stuff. Um, what are your plans for the future of your business? Do you want to expand to other places or just stay in this location? No, I haven't really thought about that so much because so this is kind of like a startup is what it is. Um, I started, I opened the doors uh, like the second week of August for the shop. Um, and it was kind of like just a rapid process. So it's, um, so really like what I've been thinking about right now I've been thinking about just like getting the shop up and running and like, you know, establishing like relationships with the community and things like that. Um, I haven't really thought about expanding the shop, but like I'm not, I'm not totally against that in the future, but right now it's just kind of like my goal is for it to kind of just be Lakewood's community stream shop. So that's, that's kind of what we're going for. All right. Um, how do you use mathematical thinking to run your business? Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of ways that we use math here. Um, a lot of it is, like, in, in the Lutheran world, or that's what you call somebody that works on, like, a violin. Um, when you're repairing violins, a lot of stuff is in the metric system. So I don't know if you guys are familiar at all with the metric yeah. system. Um, yes, we're learning about it in science. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so, you know, if, if you've ever taken, like, a workshop class or anything like that, I don't know if you're school off or stuff like that. Um, but it's a lot of like, it's a lot of measuring and then it's a lot of like, I'll take a measurement and I'll have to find like this, like I'll, I'll want the bridge on a violin to be centered on the instrument. So I'll take the measurement and then I'll have to like cap it and find the center point so that I can make sure each foot is uh, located in the right position on the instrument. Um, so stuff like that. And then a lot of it like from a startup point of view. Uh, when, when you think about a startup, you're thinking about, okay, what what is going to be like profitable in the near future? Because when you're starting a business, it's like a little tough to make money at first because you're buying, buying, buying stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have to really like diagnose it and break down the money and think about um, what's going to like get the shop up and running uh, in the first you know, few months that you're starting it. Uh, how do you use mathematical thinking while you're doing instrument repairs? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of um, it's a lot of measuring is what it is. You know, when you're when you're doing instruments, like for example, there's you know you're a violist, so you know there's a lot of different sizes of instruments. So then, when I have like a, a certain measurement that I need, like let's say the string length for a violin. Um, for a full size violin, and then if I'm working on a three quarter size violin, like there's that's 13 inches instead of 14 inches, for example. So then I have to kind of cross multiply and think about what the correct length is for a different size instrument. Because 
like a three quarter size instrument, for example. Do you guys do crab jumps in class? Yeah, we yes. have. Awesome. So, like a three quarter size instrument isn't actually three quarters of the size of a full size instrument. What it is, it's a, that's just like that's what they call it. But a full size instrument is 14 inches for a violin. For a three quarter size, it's 13 inches. So, obviously, that's not three quarters of the size. But uh, so, you have to think about it when you're doing measurement for fractional size instruments. You have to think about it that way. Um, so, that so that you get the right measurement and not just the measurement that's wrong. Um, what does what does being successful look and sound like for your business? Being successful? Yes. Um, well, you know, it, every business is a little different, right? So this this shop is a startup. Um, so like like I said, you know, it's everything's kind of starting out. So I, I don't, you know, you always have to think when you're running a business, you always have to think about money coming in. Uh, like the money that you're making versus the money that you're spending on like your inventory and other expenses like your marketing and things like that. Uh, that's kind of like the basics of like business accounting type of stuff. Um, so I'm thinking about that stuff, but I'm also thinking about like what is going to uh, work in the future. Like I'm trying to think a couple years down the road because like what is like successful for an established business is much different than what's successful for like a startup because at the, at the beginning of the business you have all these expenses and then you don't have necessarily like a big customer base right off the bat. But you're thinking, you're, you're kind of projecting into the future what is going to make me money down the road versus you know what is what is going to pay the bills right now. So it's kind of like a balancing act a lot of the way. Uh, between those two things, but with any business argument. What tools do you use in your business? Well, when it comes to the tools, there's there's physical tools, right? So I work on violins and violas and cellos and bases. So there's a lot of like knives and chisels and kind of like woodworking type stuff. Like I'll use saws and things like that or drills. Um, and then there's kind of like tech technological tools which I use for like bookkeeping and I use to like measure how much money I'm making in a given month. Um, and I also use that to like track my sales. So on the mathematical side, um, the tools that are more relevant, I think, are the kind of those, the technology that helps me, you know, I use that as a tool so that I can keep my math all in order and make sure, make sure that, you know, the money flows all good and everything like that. Do you use models and how? Models? Yeah, like for data or like maybe money? Yeah, so I do use models, yeah. So that kind of goes back to what I was just saying about like, um, like the technology. So like the technology like will keep track of all the sales that I'm doing and it also keeps track of the money that's coming out, going out the door. Uh, so that's where like the math comes in and then every week I go back and I look at my sales for the week and I look at the money that I spent that week. Um, and I can use like, I can use reports to kind of project into the future. Okay. Since I, you know, now I, like, for example, I just bought 10 violins. So I know those 10 violins aren't going to get sold right away. So I might have spent a lot of money right now. Um, but like, you know, in a, in a couple of months down the road, when customers come in and buy those violins, um, then I can, Kind of project the, the money that I'm going to get off of them in the future. 
um, can I ask one more thing? Um, do you use models to, like, measure out violins? Like, would you have, like, maybe a technological, like, drawing of a violin to see what, like, the structure is, maybe? Yes. It, and to measure out, like, the strings of how, how you measure that? Yeah, so I used a couple things. Like, I, like there's certain models that we can use to, like, project the, the string height of the bridge. So, like, like you're a violist. If the strings are super high, your left hand would have a really hard time, like, pressing the strings down and making sure that you can play all the notes comfortably. So I have, like, I have tools that I use that kind of, like, work for that stuff. I also have, like, drawings of violins with different types of setups and things. Like, I have a lot of books with stuff like that in it. Um, so that can give me some, like, references so that if I get kind of an abnormal instrument that's unusual, that I've never seen one in person and I don't know exactly how to set it up, I can look back into the book and I can look at the models and then I can determine which way um, or how I should set it up. Not so much like physical models because when I'm setting up an instrument, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll have an instrument that is set up really nicely or if I'm like, if I'm making part of an instrument, I'll have another instrument there. So I, I can use the actual, an actual replica of the instrument as the model versus having like I don't have it. I'm not like a dentist where you go in and you have like a bottle of the mouth or anything like this. Um, but I do, I do use other instruments as models while working on the next. Thank you. Can you describe a time where you needed to persevere to solve a problem? Um, can you describe a time where you needed to persevere to solve a problem? Yeah, you know. It comes, it comes up quite a bit in repair work, where if I'm repairing an instrument, you know, a lot of what I do is repairs. I would say that's probably at least half of my job here. It's kind of a repair shop, first and foremost. So there will be times where, like, an instrument will come in with maybe, like, a crack on the top or something like that. And so I have to open the instrument, and I have to repair it from the inside. And then when I open the instrument, um, I'll run into a bunch of other issues. You know, like I'll, I'll discover all these new things, so then I have to think about ways to kind of continue working on that and also addressing the thing. And I'm always also trying to like stay within the budget of my customer. Um, so as far as like in my day-to-day -day work, like that's basically yeah, that's basically it. Um, and then. Yeah, kind of as far as like big term persevering for business problems, just because it's a smart, just because it's a startup, I don't really have the same type of experience with that because, you know, it's just so new. I haven't ran into too many uh, big issues yet. But day to day, I have little issues while I'm working on insurance and things like that. How do you determine the profit at the end of the day? The profit? Yeah, so like I said, it kind of goes back to. Um, like it, 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 it's a it's a pretty good company. So what I do is I um, basically find out how much money I made that day, and then I think about okay, if if it's a if it's a like end of the day report as far as my profits, I think about the amount of money that I've spent on my material. So the materials cost, like if I sell a violin, say I sold a violin for three hundred dollars. Well, I I didn't I didn't. Um, I didn't get that violin for free, you know, I had to buy that violin. So I, 
I bought the instrument and then they set up the instrument. So then I have to think, okay, what is the amount of time? What's like the amount of work hours that I've shot? I call it shop time. Like if I spent two hours setting up the instrument and say I paid a hundred dollars for the violin, um, then I'm taking all that into consideration. And then I, I honestly, um, a lot of the times I throw in accessories and things like that. But think about all the costs that I made, and I deducted that from the amount of money that I actually made. So if I act, if I act, if I made three hundred dollars according to my point of sale system, like my square, my credit card reader tells me I made three hundred dollars. Maybe the actual amount of, amount of money that I made was like one hundred and fifty dollars or something, and one hundred and fifty dollars went to my material costs for the shop hours that I put in. Our last question. How did you choose to work with instruments? Yeah, so basically I have so I have a master's degree in music performance on a basis actually. Um, so I was I, I did my undergrad here in Cleveland and then I went to Chicago for a couple of years and I got a master's degree there. And while I was in Chicago I also started working on instruments. So um, I was working on instruments and I was playing a little bit and I was you know, setting them up and doing some other stuff on the side. And when I moved back to Cleveland, um, obviously I was playing a lot because I did master's degree. But I was also working full time in a violin shop on the east side and, and things like that. Um, just it was kind of natural. You know, I've always liked working with my hands. I've always liked playing the bass. And, working on other instruments. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, I kind of shifted a little bit because uh, the, you know, like musicians weren't really playing outside during the pandemic. You know, we couldn't really get together. It was all virtual, so it was difficult to perform a lot. So I mean, instead of doing that, I went to repairing full time. And uh, now, you know, almost a couple of years later, since the pandemic started, it, uh, I focused that on bringing it kind of to the west side because there wasn't really a whole lot of people doing it over on the west side. A lot of people need instrument stuff. So then I moved to the west side and started doing it. And yeah, that's basically it. That's basically how I got to owning my own shop and yours and having my own violin shop versus kind of just doing it on the side a little bit. Or I've always been pretty interested in it. Like even when I was a little kid, I, I worked on instruments just for fun. Kind of, but, yeah. uh, we actually um, have one more question. Um, can you give any other examples of how you use math in your business? Yeah, so let me see. So the I, I take a lot of measurements. Um, a lot of it's kind of like accounting type math, uh, where you're thinking about like money in and money out in your expenses. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say those are the two main things. You know, a lot of it is when when I'm thinking about like the metric system and like a lot of times I'm having to convert it because you know Americans don't really like to use the metric system a whole lot. So I do stuff like that and sometimes I'll have to cross multiply to uh, get measurements on the instruments when they're smaller. So those are kind of like the main things that I use math for. I'm sure there's some plenty of things that I'm using math for all the time. Like even when I make the sale, you have to add eight percent to the total of the sale for sales tax. Um, so like when you go to the store uh, some people will do that automatically through the machine. Like if somebody's paying a personal check, sometimes they'll do that. 
Um, and then, you know, I have to go back and I have to take that out and pay it back to the state for sales tax. So, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, thank you again to Mr. Christ for from both Spring Shop for spending time with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for coming in. This was, uh, I'm glad you got to see the shop. And, you know, I got, do either of you guys play an instrument? I play the clarinet. Okay. I don't play any instrument.